natural healing is an evolving field with new discoveries coming forward every day. Join us to find out more about the products and methods that will work for you. Welcome to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, a program with honest information and straightforward talk that will help you take control of your health. Now, here's your host, Howard Strauss. Welcome to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss, your host. We're brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com. That's G-E-R-S-O-N media.com. Uh, we like to bring you these broadcasts, uh, these broadcasts of uh, useful health, health maintaining, health recovering information that you can use today to improve and protect your health, your family, and even your neighborhood from the terrible chronic illnesses that are now being foisted upon us. If you, if you have. If you have benefited from these broadcasts, and we know many people have, if you have benefited from these broadcasts, please consider giving us, uh, you know, a dollar, two dollars on um, uh, on PayPal at PayPal. Uh, the the, the um, address that uh, we identifies us is PayPal at GersonMedia.com. And uh, any any amount will help. There's enough people listening that will really help our uh, our company. Um, today, we're talking with uh, Dr. Paul Connett. Uh, Dr. Connett is a graduate of Cambridge University and holds a Ph.D. in chemistry from Dartmouth College. For about a quarter of a century, Paul taught chemistry at St. Lawrence University in Canton, New York, where he specialized in environmental chemistry and toxicology. He began investigating the controversial practice of water fluoridation in 1996. For 21 years, Paul has investigated the toxicity of fluoride and weaknesses and dangers of this practice. In 2000, he was one of the founders of the Fluoride Action Network, which he directed for 15 years. Paul is obviously a a, a total expert and uh, and a fascinating speaker. Uh, He is a teacher and an uh, and an encyclopedic source of information on the toxicity of fluoride and other and other uh, uh, dangers. But uh, tonight, today, we're going to be talking about fluoride. Um, Paul, welcome to the power of natural healing. Thank you, Howard. Happy to be here. I'm glad, and happy Happy New Year. Um, I, I hope this will be a very happy new year for all of us. Um, Paul, recently, uh, on December, just about a month ago, the EPA's National Drinking Water Advisory Council held its annual meeting at their headquarters office uh, on Constitution Avenue in Washington, D.C., um, you made a special effort to get there with your wife, who's also an expert. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, this was back in, in December, and we had to travel from Binghamton, New York, which involved a bus to New York City, and then a stay over in New York City, and then a train from New York City to Washington, D.C., and um, the meeting lasted two days. They had a public comment period on the second day, January the, the 8th. And to our utter amazement and disgust, they only allowed us three minutes. Now, I should put this uh, into context. Uh, 
the, the public comment period was supposed to last 45 minutes. Only four people spoke during that comment period. There was Bill Hersey, former senior scientist at the EPA, uh, post to fluoridation, Ellen and I. And I said at, at the beginning, at the outset of this public comment, I said, there don't seem to be many people here who want to talk. Um, please give us more than three minutes. No, adamantly no. There's nothing that we could say between the three of us that, that would allow us to go for more than three minutes. So they, they finished their public comment period in a very quick time. And I thought that was disgusting. We were all cut off before we'd had a chance to say uh, more than a few sentences. And, of course, we had a lot of important things to say because the EPA, this was the advisory council on water for the EPA, the Safe Drinking Water. And so we had a lot of things that they needed to hear about fluoride's toxicity and the most recent studies on neurotoxicity. But they just shut their minds and their ears to more or less everything we had to say, which I think was pretty disgusting. At one point I said, look, you know, there are people that want to shut down this agency, curtail what you're doing. We're not, we're not among those people, but uh, you need our support. You need the public support who really do believe that the environment and public health needs protecting and protecting by objective uh, scientists. But this kind of treatment does not give us much uh, confidence in, in, in the way you're going about things. Well, can you? I mean, this this sounds like uh, like our environmental protection agency, which is supposed to be protecting the environment and indirectly us, um, especially with drinking water, which we know is contaminated in many many cities. Uh, Flint, Michigan, being one of the major uh, problems, but uh, it's not by any means the only one. Um, it's it sounds like the EPA is uh, is abdicating its position as protector of the environment and instead being the protector of the polluters uh, is what what do you to what do you attribute the uh, censoring of dissenting speakers of, of speakers who had negative things to say about fluoride well um, I think that this protection is a, there's a gamut of things that they are protecting you're quite right when you say they're protecting certain industrial interests. The, the one I know most is the, the pesticide division is definitely protecting the chemical industry. And as far as this officer of water is concerned, they are definitely protecting the pro-fluoridation uh, agencies, the Center of Disease Control and the American Dental Association, two, uh, two of the main ones. And so what it all comes down to for bureaucrats is protecting policy. And this policy of fluoridation has become a a sacred policy, a policy which has gone on for 70 years now. And uh, th there are many people in those agencies who, who are not looking at the science anymore. They're just ticking off the boxes to protect this policy. And, and that's not good enough. I mean, we expect politicians to spin the information that they're given. But bureaucrats, people that are working for the taxpayer, we expect them to give objective information to the decision makers. And even, even the union that represents the professionals at the EPA are disgusted with the administrators who allow politics to interfere with the way of, their way of going about science, which should be, uh, you know, follow the data, look at published studies and, and so on. 
But we presented many, many published studies to them on fluoride's neurotoxicity, and, and they're just completely ignoring it. Well, that has uh, that has uh, definitely smacks of the of the same type of procedure as uh, as the uh, Centers for Disease Control uh, exhibited when they were trying to protect their um, uh, their, their mercury uh, people, and they were trying to protect their uh, vaccine people. Uh, in other words, the manufacturers of these things. Yes, um, they, they just it tossed the science. They just they just eliminated it. They put it in a big garbage bin. Yep. Well, the the FDA too. The FDA on mercury is is running interference for the American Dental Association, which is is not a professional body. It's more like a trade association for dental interests, uh, saving them money. Um, so the FDA has run interference for the ADA on mercury, and the CDC runs interference for the ADA on, on fluoridation. And, and indeed, as, uh, the mercury issue has been absolutely disgusting, as also the issue of vaccines. I think Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. put his finger on the, on the button when he said, um, the CDC on vaccines is a cesspool of corruption. And that corruption began in 1986 when the, the pharmaceutical industry, with this massive lobbying power in Washington, in fact, there are more lobbyists for the pharmaceutical industry in Washington, D.C. than congressmen. With this massive lobbying power, they were able to get Congress to remove any liabilities from the, for the pharmaceutical industry for the manufacture of vaccines. It's the government that pays out from a certain fund to anybody that's damaged by vaccines and the vaccine industry has got away scot-free. And since that 1986 law was passed, the production of vaccines has gone up at an exponential rate and the amount of money that the, the CDC itself is making out of this whole vaccine um, charade is, is, is astronomical. And we've got people advising them who are literally are working for the the pharmaceutical industry, so there's the, it's 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 absolutely shocking, absolutely shocking. And so meanwhile, what, so what I what I actually hear you saying is that uh, in 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 a lot of ways, uh, <laughs> uh, you agree with the um, with with the push to eliminate many of these corrupt government agencies. Yeah, well. I think left to itself, the Trump administration will do its best to do that. But some of us don't want to see these agencies done away with. If they could be honest, if they could be made to, if we could get new leadership, which made sure that they were honest and they were beholden to the best science, then we really need that protection. Citizens need protection from pollution. Let's face it. Yes, we, um, yes, we do. But unfortunately, uh, the industries that are supposedly regulated by the uh, by the agencies have long since, I mean, decades uh, since, figured out how to uh, how to uh, uh, compromise and co-opt the agencies to work for them rather than uh, to rein them in. Well, absolutely. And if that continues, then it will be very difficult for those of us who want genuine protection to withstand the removal or reduction in the manpower at these agencies. I would hope that we could win, that we could get science back 
to its role of informing public health and environmental policies. Well, good but, luck with the anti-science uh, atmosphere in this entire country and the promotion of ignorance and opinion over science. Absolutely. Um, we're, coming, we're coming up on our first break, uh, Paul. If you could hold that thought, we're going to uh, speak uh, to it on the other side of this break. Uh, this is Howard Strauss, your host for The Power of Natural Healing. And uh, today we're talking to Dr. Paul Conette, a, uh, a, an expert uh, on the toxicity of fluoride and other uh, substances. And, and he, has, uh, he, he was a founder also of the Fluoride Action Network. And he has a, an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, the toxicity and effects of fluoridation in water, in pharmaceuticals, in uh, uh, vitamins, and all kinds of other uh, uh, sneaky ways that they put it into us. Um, we're going to be uh, talking more about this on the other side of this short break. Please stay with us, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll hear more from Dr. Paul Connett right after this short break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is your host, Howard Strauss, and I want to let you know about the special offers we have just for you on the earthing products. The first includes a bed pad, an earthing mat, the earthing book, and all of the accessories you need. Together, these items sell for more than $300, but you can buy them now for $199. To see this kit and all of the earthing specials, visit our website at gersonmedia.com earthing. Again, that's gersonmedia.com slash earthing. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. 
Welcome back to The Power of Natural Healing, folks. Thank you very much for staying with us. Uh, this is Howard Strauss of uh, Gerson Health Media. We're brought to you by Gerson Health Media, uh, publishers of books by Charlotte Gerson, booklets of DVDs, and also of uh, other books that are relevant to the, uh, relevant to the uh, uh, cause of natural healing. So that and these are things that, these are information that you can use directly yourself to improve your health, to recover your health if you've lost it, to maintain your health if you still have it, and to protect yourself, your family. You can use the, the, the information that we put out on this uh, program, you can use that today. Um, we're we're uh, talking today with Dr. Paul Connett, uh, Ph.D., who is a, uh, a nationally recognized expert on on fluoride, on its uh, on fluorine, on its um, uh, on its effects, its toxicity, and uh, why we need to take it out of our uh, out of our intake, out of our environment, because there's no good use for for fluoride, fluorine in the human body. Uh, Paul, thanks for staying with us. Thank you, Howard. And uh, you, you said that there was a study in, in uh, September that was released, and, um, and I'm interested in knowing what, that, uh, what the study was about. I, I will definitely get to that, Howard, but if I may just preface my comments here. You know, we are exposed to literally thousands of toxic substances used in industry, and some which occur naturally, like arsenic and and lead, and so on. The difference between the fluoridation issue and all these other toxics is that we are deliberately exposing ourselves and our children to this very toxic substance. It's, It's absolutely bizarre. Water fluoridation is the deliberate addition of the toxic substance fluoride, the fluoride ion, um, to the drinking water. We add it deliberately, ostensibly to fight tooth decay, but that's very questionable whether there's any benefit from swallowing fluoride. But what we know is it's very active biologically. It interferes with all kinds of biological systems. And the, the, thing, the issue that I've been most concerned about since I got involved in 1996 is fluoride's neurotoxicity, fluoride can damage the brain. Fluoride can damage the brain of animals. Fluoride can damage the brain of humans, young humans, old humans. And all this has been documented in well over 300 animal and human studies. And of those human studies, there are now over 50, which show that young children are exposed to fluoride, higher levels of fluoride than than, uh, communities with lower levels of fluoride, have a lowered IQ. So that's the background. Now the promoters of fluoridation have looked at the studies that we have produced. We've produced them from India, from China, from Iran, and Mexico, all countries with high natural levels of fluoride in the water. And they've come up with a litany of reasons why they can all be ignored, these store these these studies, over three hundred of them. And not so diff- not so easy to dismiss the animal studies because they can't Uh, point to confounding variables. But in September, to get to your question, (laughs) in September, a major article appeared in the leading environmental health journal in the world. It's the Environmental Health 
Perspectives. It's published by the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, which ironically is part of the NIH, the National Institute of Health, which is um, a supporter of water fluoridation. So the very agency that supports this practice has published a study which should end this practice. Now, this study was very, very special. It was a 12-year study. It was multi-million dollar funded by a, very, a number of government agencies here in the United States. And it involved um, researchers from several universities from several countries. And these researchers are the leading researchers on neurotoxicity. They've done similar studies on mercury, on lead, and, and other toxic elements which are neurotoxic. And so very, very important study. And what they found was that pregnant women in Mexico, when exposed to fluoride, um, as measured by levels of fluoride in their urine, which is an excellent measure of fluoride exposure, because it doesn't distinguish between the fluoride that comes from toothpaste, dental products, natural fluoride in the water, or any other source of fluoride, uh, most of it's going to end up in the urine, and people can relate that level in the urine to what the exposure was. Well, what they found, that the women exposed to fluoride, as measured in their urine, their children had lowered IQs. And, and that's important, quite substantial lowering. And at the levels that pregnant women are exposed in the United States, based upon this study, you would predict about a five to six IQ point drop. So all our concerns on the studies from China, India, and Mexico, and, and Iran have been vindicated by this study carried out in the main by Western scientists, as I said, for a government agency, and it's been published in this major journal. So what we now know is that fluoride is definitely neurotoxic, and it has the potential to lower the IQ of our children based upon exposure to their mothers and their own exposure as well. And if that doesn't stop fluoridation, what will? What will? I mean, if people don't care in government about deliberately exposing children unnecessarily uh, and lowering their IQ unnecessarily, I mean, what are they going to respond to? I mean, we, we've been talking about the damage to teeth with dental fluorosis, damage to the bone with dental fluorosis, a skeletal fluorosis with symptoms identical to arthritis, uh, lowering the thyroid function, a litany of papers on this which have gone on for years. They've ignored all that. They don't bother to do the studies in, in the fluoridated countries. So their attitude is if you don't look, uh, if, if you don't find uh, a problem, there is no problem. The, the absence of study, the absence of data means the absence of harm, which of course is a ridiculously, utterly irresponsible approach to protecting public health, not to do the studies, not even to monitor us. I mean, even though they know that fluoride accumulates in the bone, about 50% of the fluoride you take in each day goes in your bones and builds up over a lifetime. Wouldn't you think that one of the things they would have done to – it's their policy, after all, their practice. You would think they'd be monitoring the levels of, lead, of fluoride in the bones of millions of people throughout the United States and to see if there's a correlation between um, the, the 
exposure to fluoride and uh, the symptoms of arthritis, which are identical to skeletal fluorosis. The first symptoms of skeletal fluorosis are identical to arthritis. And we've got literally millions of people in the United States who have arthritis. And no attempt by the government to, to nail that down to see if it may or may not be caused, not all of it, but some of it, by fluoride. But Paul, you know, I... I uh, the more you speak about uh, the government reaction to fluoride and the government uh, almost promotion of fluoride, uh, the more I the more I associate that uh, the neuro the neurotoxicity, the lowering of IQ, the basically the dumbing down of America. The more I associate that with the political situation that we face today in this country, is that uh, that uh, science. Science is too difficult for people to understand, so they dismiss it and they and they uh, they say, "Well, it doesn't sound right to me." My opinion is, and and they value opinion more than science because they can't understand science because they're too dumb. They've been dumbed down. Their brains are not functioning anymore. Well, and I don't go that far, Howard. I do not go that far. I I, I think it's very very difficult to ascertain motivations. Um, people write books about these things. But what we need is somewhere, somebody has to have written down in government, uh, in a letter, in a memorandum, um, this is the way to dumb down the public. This is the way to get them to buy all that crap in shopping malls and so on, make them dumb, make them believe everything they see on television. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thesis. Uh, it's, you know, but it's not science. No, you're, you're right. That, that, that's correct. There's no, no more it's science. Good. It's not good history either. It, we don't have enough evidence to demonstrate that there is an, a deliberate attempt to dumb down the public. What we have to focus on is um, the science which shows that fluoride is neurotoxicity. Regardless of motivation, personally, I think it's far more benign than dumbing down the the population. I think it's benign in the sense that in bureaucracies, policy is king. And when policy is king, science becomes a slave. So if your foremost in, in motivation is to promote a policy because you think it works, because this magic pixie dust that we put in the drinking water magically uh, reduces tooth decay in children, and you believe that, and you believe it's helping poor children because that's where most of the tooth decay is in our modern societies, is among children from low-income families. If you believe all that and you want to promote it, the real evil is not opening up your mind to the ugly facts which destroy that beautiful thesis. I forgot. I think it was Pascal. Was it Pascal or somebody said um, once upon a time, no, it was um, Huxley. Huxley says, the problem with science is that a beautiful hypothesis can be destroyed by a single ugly fact. <laughs> the government is not looking for those ugly facts. It's deliberately not looking for those ugly facts. Not because they got this awful, evil intention of dumbing down the public. In my view, I don't believe that, but because they believe in this practice. Uh, and this is the, as far as the dentist is concerned, this is the only thing they were taught in dental schools. Similarly, with, with medical 
uh, medical students. They weren't taught about the fluoride toxicity at medical school. And when they graduate, they don't have any time in their busy practices to to research all the issues. And fluoridation is just one issue amongst many others. So what do you do in that situation? You take the word of your professional body. You hide behind the skirts of somebody much more important, as you see it, than yourself. So that explains the bottom of the hierarchy. Most of these people do not have open minds on this issue. Don't listen to the facts that we're producing. Helped by the media that doesn't give much publicity to this. Paul, Paul may, I, may I interrupt you here for a moment? We're coming rapidly up on another break. Okay. Uh, and if you could hold that thought, this is Howard Strauss, your host for The Power of Natural Healing. We're talking with Dr. Paul Conette uh, uh, of the Fluoride Action Network. And, um, and we, uh, we're coming up on a very short break. Please stay with us. We'll be back right after this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss. Uh, we're brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com, where we invite you to look in on our website and take advantage of all the great publications, uh, media, 
and um, and um, booklets that we have on there, as well as the uh, uh, book books and booklets and uh, uh, documentaries by other producers who uh, are, are engaged in the same fight that we are, uh, bringing you information, real information, good information that you can use to improve, protect, and uh, and recover your good health uh, should you have lost it. Um, if you if you uh, leave us your uh, email address, we will we will uh, inform you of events, of uh, broadcasts, of information that you can use today. Um, this uh, we are grateful uh, that you have made us one of the top three uh, programs on VoiceAmerica.com, and uh, we're very we're very humbled and very proud that we have been able to be that much use to you. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. So we are talking with Dr. Paul Conant, uh, a uh, encyclopedic source of information on the toxicity and presence and effects of, uh, of the very, very toxic substance, fluorine, uh, in, our, uh, in, in our environment, and what it can do to us and how we can avoid it. Uh, Dr. Kinnett, thank you very much for staying with us. Thank you, thank you, Howard. And let me correct one thing there. You mentioned the word fluorine. Fluorine is uh, an element. It's extremely reactive. Unfortunately for all of us, we don't meet the element in normal day-to-day living. What we meet is a compound containing fluorine. And when fluoride is in a compound, it's called fluoride. And when fluorides compounds dissolve in water, they release the free fluoride ions. And it does indeed occur naturally. And unfortunately, the promoters of fluoridation use the fact that fluoride occurs naturally in some drinking water supplies. In most drinking water supplies, groundwater, for example, the level of fluoride is very low. But the level of fluoride in groundwater there's not much in surface water, but in groundwater, is a function of which rocks the fluoride has passed through as, it, as the water trickles from the surface down to the, to the groundwater. And that natural issue is a one of um, geology. Which rocks the water flows through will determine how much fluoride you have in the water. In that sense, it's naturally occurring. But the, the use by promoters to suggest that because it's naturally occurring via these geological mechanisms, it's somehow approved by nature. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nature's attitude to fluoride is best determined by the level in mother's milk. This is baby's first meal. And if fluoride was necessary, if it was safe for the baby, you would find it in mother's milk. But the shock for me in 1996 was to find that the level of fluoride in mother's milk is extremely low. I'll give you the number, 0.004 parts per million. And if you remember that we fluoridated about one part per million, at that level, a baby drinking fluoridated water is going to get 250 times more fluoride than nature intended. So the long and short of the story is that Mother Nature has protected the baby, the newborn baby from fluoride 
by keeping it out of mother's milk. And we, arrogant creatures that we are, have removed nature's protection and put it in the water so that uh, an ill-informed parent who's not been told by government their baby should not get fluoride, uh, when they mix up the formula with fluoridated tap water, is going to give their baby about about 200 times. Now they've, they've lowered their recommended level uh, in 2011 to 0.7 parts per million. So that's, but it still leaves the bottle-fed babies getting 175 times more fluoride than nature intended. And whilst we're still thinking about nature, lower creatures, single cellular creatures, fungi and bacteria and other, some other lower species have developed defense mechanisms against fluoride iron. In other words, nature knows that fluoride is toxic. And in these lower creatures, starting at about 2012, a scientist from Yale University um, discovered these genes which made what they call FEX proteins, fluoride exporting proteins. And these proteins, once, they, once the gene has been switched on, these proteins are produced in the membranes and they pump fluoride ions out of the cell. Uh, wow, that's a, that, that's that's a very exciting thing, isn't it? It is exciting, and um, can, that, can that be stimulated? Can that be uh, something that we uh, we can we can take advantage of? Maybe, maybe. What what it appears to be is this: is that basically when these creatures are exposed to, um, I guess, higher than minute levels of fluoride, they switch on the genes. The gene is switched on. The proteins are produced. And then the proteins go about exporting the fluoride out of the out of the cell. Mm. Whether or not, well, well it, of course, in human beings, more advanced species have things called kidneys, and the kidneys do a great deal to get rid of most of the fluoride that goes. You know, we, we drink the fluoridated water. The water get the fluoride gets into our bloodstream, and then the bloodstream goes through the kidney, and the kidney gets uh, pumps. A lot of the fluoride out, and it comes out of the urine. Okay, so that's good. The the remaining fluoride goes back into the blood, and a lot of that is now removed to the hard tissues, the bone and the teeth, and the other calcifying tissues, like the pineal gland is one that actually ah. fluoride. We don't, we, don't want, we don't want to destroy the pineal gland. No, no. Uh, that's uh, an amazing story, and it's, again, one of those – pieces of research that the fluoridating countries have completely ignored, even though a dentist, uh, Jennifer Luke in England, and I got her PhD thesis, by the way, and gave it to various government agencies in this country um, and leading researchers. They've never bothered to reproduce this study. But what she found, uh, or what she knew, she said, look, the pineal gland is a calcifying tissue, just like the teeth and the bones. And also, it's not protected. It's halfway between the two hemispheres of the brain. It's not protected by the blood-brain barrier. This tissue is going to accumulate fluoride like you wouldn't believe. And she was surprised that nobody looked into this. So she gathered, I think it was 12 corpses in England from one of the hospitals there, you know, stored. And she analyzed the, the pineal gland and found 
astronomical levels of fluoride in the, the crystals uh, that, uh, that appear in the pineal gland. If you get a little pineal gland and rub it between your two fingers, it feels very sandy. It's these crystals of calcium hydroxyapatite, the same crystal that you have in the teeth and the bones. And that's where the fluoride goes to that like a vacuum cleaner. And the highest level she found in the pineal gland in these crystals was 21,000 parts per million. Oh, my God. Which is astronomical. The average, the average out of the 21 corpses was actually um, 9,000 parts per, per million. I, say, I think a dozen corpses, sorry, 9,000 parts per million. And she also went on in her PhD thesis to look at animals. And she found that animals, higher dosed animals, had lower production of melatonin than the lower fluoride exposed animals. And that is completely consistent with another thing that she found was the earlier onset of puberty. Uh, melatonin is, is the hormone of darkness. It's only produced at night and it acts like a biological clock. It's involved in all kinds of timing mechanisms like jet lag, uh, um, sleep patterns, even cancer. But um, one thing it does is it regulates the onset of puberty. A young child, the lower, the highest levels of melatonin produced in the youngest child. As the melatonin levels produced at night in children gets lower and lower, it reaches a certain point which triggers the production of the sex hormones, which then orchestrate uh, pubic development. And uh, Jennifer Luke, Luke um, she was obviously fascinated by this, and she searched the literature to see if anybody had talked about the early onset of puberty and, and fluoridation. And, and, and <laughs> ironically, she found a study that mentioned this, and it was the, the second study the second trial of fluoridation in the United States which went from 1945 to 1955 in Newburgh New York with the control city um, Kingston and she found that the 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 children the young girls in the fluoridated Newburgh were menstruating on average five months earlier than the young girls in Kingston the control city and even though they published that result in 1956, uh, they never bothered to uh, they, they to follow it up. They didn't think it was particularly significant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, typical. By the way, um, <laughs> it's very difficult to cram in, even to an hour's program, all the important things about this incredibly interesting iron, the fluoride iron. And those who are interested, we have an excellent web page, which was developed by my son, Michael. It's fluorideaction.net. Uh, you spell fluoride, F-L-U-O, not O-U, not fluoride, but fluoride. Think of flu, F-L-U-O-R-I-D-E, fluorideaction.net. If you go to the right hand on top of the homepage, you'll see a button which says researches. And for that button, researchers take you all to all the literature, all the scientific literature you could ever hope to find on health effects. Fluoride in the brain, fluoride in the bone, fluoride in the kidney, and so on, and so on, and so on. And also on that top line on the homepage, you'll find another button, which is Fan TV. And there you'll find lots of, of videotapes 
which make this information more accessible and, and more permanent, easier to, to, to review. And the, the videotape that I'm particularly anxious for people to look at is fluoride, um, uh, professional perspectives on fluoridation, water fluoride, professional perspectives on water fluoridation. An excellent, excellent uh, uh, documentary. It's fantastic. Um, uh, Paul, we're coming up on our last break. Uh, uh, we have one more segment, and you can give all the information on contact and uh, websites and so forth uh, as, uh, in the upcoming segments. Uh, but okay. right now we have to cut away. This is Howard Strauss, your, uh, your host for the Power of Natural Healing. We're talking with Dr. Paul Conant of Fluoride Action Network and a founder of Fluoride Action Network and a a mammoth expert on uh, fluoride and its toxicity. Uh, Please stay tuned. We'll be back right after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back to The Power of Natural Healing. This is Howard Strauss, your host. We're brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com. And we invite you to stop in there and gather uh, some of the information, great information, life-saving, life-promoting information, health-promoting information that you can use today to, uh, to improve and protect uh, your health, your family's health, your children's health. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Paul Connett. Uh, a uh, fascinating and repeat guest. Uh, he has been on the show before, and we're always very grateful to have him. Uh, a generous and patient man. We we had a few uh, a few troubles uh, recording this segment. 
computer problems, but he has kindly consented to uh, to to redo it. So thank you very much for that, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Conant. Uh, if if we if we compare um, fluoride with other substances, where would fluoride sit as a as a toxin? Uh, what what uh, what level? Well, you know, is it like like lead or arsenic or sulfur or uh, or or strychnine or what kind of what kind of level of toxicity would we be talking about? Well, if you were looking at actual um, what level would kill you, uh, fluoride is between lead and arsenic in terms of outright lethal to- toxicity it's between lead and arsenic and this, but is, and this is what we're putting deliberately in our children's water yeah but it's, that's a bit misleading it's a bit misleading because we're not talking about actually killing people um by putting it in the water what we're worried about is the chronic effects the subtle effects of fluoride and you know there's no question that our children are being overexposed to to fluoride absolutely none because we know that the first symptom, which is visible symptom, that fluoride has done damage to the body is a, a condition called dental fluorosis. And in 2010, the CDC uh, said that 41% of American children between 12 and 15 now have dental fluorosis. 41%? This, yeah. Of children, they're teens, in other words, they're teens. And... Um, this is from all sources now, uh, and this is this has come about because since fluoridation was started, we now have fluoride in dental products. We have fluoride in pesticides and fertilizers. Um, we have fluoride pollution, air pollution. We have the multiplying effect of having uh, fluoride in processed foods and beverages, which are made in fluoridated communities. One way or another, our children are being grossly overexposed to to fluoride, and the latest. NHANES data, which hasn't been um, thoroughly published yet, but snippets are coming out, it's up to now 56% of children have, have dental fluorosis. But the dental fluorosis is an indicator that your child has been poisoned by fluoride. What we are concerned about is not what it's doing to the teeth, but what it's doing to the tissues that we can't see. What is it doing to the child's thyroid gland? What's it doing to the pineal gland? What's it doing to the bones? What's it doing to the brains? And again, I'll stress, we have over 300 studies which indicate the fluoride damages animal brain and human brain. Now, fortunately, um, citizens can access all these studies at the top of our homepage, which again is fluorideaction.net, at the top of the homepage, we have a revolving mastheads for the most important items, about 10 items. And amongst those items is a lawsuit that my son has orchestrated uh, under the Toxic Substances and Control Act. We petitioned the EPA to not to stop to allowing to stop allowing the deliberate addition of fluoride to the drinking water. Mm. The EPA had 60 or 90 days to respond to that petition, and they denied it, which meant that we now can go to court. We went to court, and back in uh, early December, my son went before the law judge, the federal law judge in San Francisco, to argue against the EPA that wanted the case dismissed, wanted 
to it to be thrown out. They introduced a motion to dismiss the case. The judge heard from both sides and said, no, the case goes forward. And so right now, in a few days, my son will be back in court and they will be look, talking about uh, depositions, discovery, you know, the next stage in the process. So people can keep up to date with the development of that law case and some other important issues. And um, uh, we try to keep that revolving, the, the headlines revolving, so people are kept up, up to date with that. Now, another thing which some people might want, I've written a whole book on, on this subject with two other professors, uh, James Beck, um, an MD and PhD from Calgary, and Spedding Micklem, a, um, a, a Oxford graduate, um, postgraduate in biology. So we have three retired professors, one of chemistry, one of physics, one of biology. We wrote this book together. It was published in 2010. And I think it's uh, everything is documented, 80 pages of, of references. Everything is documented. We understated the case, not overstated it. Now, you know, some people might be saying, how can I make a judgment on this? You've got two sides. They all produce a lot of papers, etc., etc. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Well, there are some clues to make this easier because uh, this book was published in 2010. Now, if I believed in fluoridation and I belonged to the American Dental Association or the other promoting agencies, what would I have done? with this book by three scientists, I would have got all my best experts, sat them down for a few weeks and said, come back with a book which thoroughly uh, dismisses all their arguments, takes each chapter, one chapter at a time, and shows where they've made mistakes. They've never done that. That tells you they don't have the science on their side. That's one clue. Another clue, Howard, if, if, if you had this r r person like myself traveling around the world, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, uh, Ireland, England, Canada, Israel, giving the arguments against fluoridation in public, getting communities to stop, what would I do if I was the promoters? I would challenge this rascal, Dr. Paul Connett, to debate. I would have the cameras rolling. I would demolish him. In public, I'd have it all on videotape, and then everywhere that this rascally Connett went and spoke, this videotape would appear, it would come up on the screen, and it would say, don't listen to this man. All his arguments have been completely dismissed. There's nothing to worry about. I've had, in 21 years, less than a dozen debates, usually under huge pressure. Eventually, somebody caves in and debates me, and most of those debates are on uh, on video. You can watch most of them on fan TV, and I don't think that one debater against me has prevailed. I think most people who will see leading experts like um, uh, Michael, uh, oh dear, I forgot his name now, but from England, a professor there, debated him in the Isle of Man, debated another scientist in New Zealand, debated the a chairman of the New, uh, the New Jersey Dental Association. And, you know, most of these are conducted pretty um, amicably. You know, we agree to, to disagree without being disagreeable. Paul, I say this is great. I'd love to I'd love to hear more about it. We're okay. coming we're coming up on the end of the program, unfortunately. Okay. 
For those of you who want to know more about it, fluorideaction.net. Dr. Paul Connett, thank you so much for being on our program today, uh, Dr. Connett. It's been absolutely fascinating, and I want to find out more. Fluorideaction.net. Uh, please, please look in on that. Support these lawsuits. Write to uh, write to everyone that you can think of with any input into it, and demand that the EPA do their job. Uh, unfortunately, in uh, in the current political situation, none of our government agencies is doing their job except for the industries they're supposed to be regulating. This is Howard Strauss. Your host for the power of natural healing. We've been talking to Dr. Paul Connett, to whom we owe great thanks for uh, spending his time with us. We are brought to you by Gerson Health Media at gersonmedia.com. We invite you to look in on gersonmedia.com and uh, and take advantage of the great information that we have. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss. Please join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until that time, have a healthy, happy week.